The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to episode three of Building the Board, as we're going to talk about our first set of big uglies, offensive tackles. Now, we've got Quentin Crisco and we've got Jacob Infante here with us, so I'll throw it over to them as we dive into 10 prospects and get to know everybody a little bit better. Yeah, glad to be here talking about offensive tackles. Big guys, the biggest athletes on the field, ready to get going. How you doing, Jacob? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited about this group, too, uh, especially from a Bears perspective. I mean, offensive line is one of the biggest needs this year. So I'm definitely interested in this class and I've been paying a lot of attention. So I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, uh, I figured we'd just go ahead and start off with top of a lot of people's boards, Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah. Um, I'll just go ahead and jump in on him. Played some left guard at Ohio State before moving to left tackle this past year. When I watch him, I mean, I just see – Smooth athlete, easy adjuster. Um, you know, he's not always in the right place at the right time, but his recovery ability is just special in my eyes. How how loose his hips are, his ability to to cover ground laterally. And if he's a half second late on something, for it to not cost him because he has the length, has the speed, has the agility to go go make up for it. I mean, there, there was one play that I saw where it was like, I didn't know how it was possible. He covered the ground he did to make up for a step. Now on some of the negative, he's not the most experienced tackle. So because he played interior earlier in his career. So just kind of learning the position a little more, but that's really, I mean, I, I thought his tape was pretty clean if I'm being completely honest. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with a lot of that. I think like from a physical perspective, he's, the prototypical offensive lineman, the length, the pure size, uh, the speed, the power, it's just really an impressive prospect. I think he's got a very high ceiling at the next level. I'd like to see him work on getting a little bit more bend in his knees, but I think at that point, you're just, you know, still looking at someone with a super high ceiling who can be like a long-term left tackle for quite some time. I have him as, I mean, it depends on if you consider, uh, Peter Skaronsky a tackle or not for the sake of this where we have him at IOL but if that's the case then Paris Johnson's definitely my top tackle in this class very big fan of his I'm excited to see where he ends up because I think he could go as high as top 10 I think the upside with him is really really high yeah I think I think you're looking at a potential top 10 pick with him absolutely uh, right now I got him graded just inside a, a top 15 grade so top 10 is yeah. I mean, I, 
I could see him gone at six, seven, eight, anywhere after that. Um, next up here, wanted to get into Tennessee offensive tackle, Darnell Wright, guy who I think has the best hands in the class among the offensive tackles. I mean, he is just he is so refined and so well studied with what his opponents are trying to do to him that and his hands are you know, right there processing with his brain and his feet tend to stay with his hands and his hips. He just stays all in the line. It's just very technically sound. And really the thing that stands out to me is his prior years, prior to last year, he had ups and downs, right? Ups and downs. And he was talking, um, it might've been at this, after this, one of the senior bowl practices talking about how he started putting together Excel spreadsheets and, you know, me being an Excel guy, I'm all about it, but uh, Excel spreadsheets about his opponents and tracking what they do and how he's going to counter it. And I, I imagine that's something they that started doing more heavily prior to this past year because the improvement was clear and putting in that work to me, it says that that's something that's going to be sustainable for him to carry into the league because it's as long as he keeps doing that work, we've seen the results with him. Um, now he's not the quickest mover. Feet are a little slower. His recovery is a bit more limited in the feet, but I think his hands are so good that it's something he's going to be able to overcome. What do you think, Jacob? Yeah, so I agree with a lot of that. I think that it's a good point you bring up with the hands. Uh, the thing that I really believe is I think he has the strongest anchor out of the offensive tackles mm-hmm. in this class. I think, you know, he's just a really densely built guy. He's like 6'5", measured at the senior bowl at like 340. So you're, you're looking at a guy where – okay, he can maybe afford to lose a little bit of weight. And I think that would make him more athletic. uh, And I think that would help him out with recovery, like you mentioned. Uh, But from a pure play strength perspective, how he uses his hands uh, and just the overall power and the coordination at the point of attack, he's got a very strong core. Uh, He's a guy that, you know, you project him at right tackle. That's where he played. I, I think there's a very intriguing ceiling with him. I don't know if he goes round one. I have more as a round two type of guy, but I also think he's going to contribute right away. Kind of scheme versatile. I mean, I, I don't want to say he's a perfect fit for a wide zone scheme just because he's not the best athlete, like you said. But I, I think with him, he's a good enough prospect where you can kind of look look the other way with that. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. There's actually a guy I wanted to bring up here because we're talking about athleticism. And the, the main guy that comes out to me is Broderick Jones out of Georgia. That in you know, Pound for pound, he might end up testing the best of any offensive lineman in the combine this year. And I, I'm excited to see how, how what he ends up with uh, from you know not just a 40 perspective, but his 10-yard splits and his agility numbers. I think they're going to be through the roof. I think he's another guy who uses his hands very well. Not the biggest dude out there. I'd like to see him add a little bit more strength, like pure muscle to his frame, because he can get pushed back in the pocket sometimes. But, I mean, if you want an athletic offensive lineman, he's going to be as good as you can get. Lateral agility is phenomenal. Acceleration to the second level is impressive. Very good body control. So he's not just like this uncoordinated, just straight line, explosive bull in a china shop where he doesn't really know what he's doing. He's just a very precise and very fluid athlete. So I'm very excited to see where he ends up and also what he measures. I'm interested in seeing what his arm length is because he didn't, he wasn't listed as being a super big athlete, but I think his arm length is going to make up for that. So I'm curious what you think about him because he's someone that I think is going to go round one and uh, I'd be shocked if he falls out of the top 20. I think he is one of the most fun players to watch. I mean, this is, I have in my notes here, he is a brick wall 
when his hands and feet are connected. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, yeah. when he when everything is where it's supposed to be, he's just tough to get by. But that brings to the point, his hands and feet are often disjointed. You know, like his hands will land outside, his feet will get left behind on occasion. It's more processing than athletic, right? It's more, he's a, he's a little bit raw with some of that stuff. But then you see, like we were talking in the tight end episode about Darnell Washington and how the Georgia offense so much, you know, so much of their offense was just was runs and then uh, tunnel screens out to wide receivers with the tight ends getting out to block a corner or a safety or a linebacker. Broderick Jones did some of that too. You know, <laughs> I mean, he was moving out to 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 get a hat on a cornerback yeah. on a screen pass. Like that's not something you typically ask a tackle to do. He's a special athlete. There's no question about that. I like what you said about uh, getting a little more sand in his pants. I think that that would help his anchor some because yeah. it's clear that he's strong. Upper upper body strength is there, and he has functional lower body strength. But I think he can just add a little more and his anchor could become something that's really dominant at that point. But there's a lot to be excited about with Broderick Jones. And like, I mean, I think he's a first round lock. It's probably not like top 10, but like anywhere between 11 and like 20 to 25, I think is fair game for him. And then next up here, I got one of my favorites, Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. Um, At the senior bowl, we saw him playing inside and outside. I think that, there's no reason to move him inside unless you just draft him at great value and think that, you know, we're just going to put him inside because we don't need a tackle right now. But yeah. then you still know he can go back outside to play tackle. I believe he has uh, left-right versatility as well, uh, experience playing on both the left tackle and right tackle. And when I was watching his tape, you know, I was I was impressed by his the efficiency of his feet quite a bit. He was just a very, you know, always low to the ground, always – his steps were always the same size and always just getting, getting to where he needed to be on time. But there was some stuff that I saw in there too. That was kind of like, made me question, you know, how's his anchor, how much power is he really bringing in, in his punch and in his, um, in that ability to really displace people as well in the run game. And my questions were answered at the senior bowl. I mean, he, he was dominating folks out there uh, on certain, certain reps. And I was, I came away very impressed with him and higher on him than I was going in. Uh, what do you think of Bergeron? Yeah. So I shared some of the same uh, strengths and weaknesses with Bergeron. I think that at least in my opinion, I was maybe a little bit higher on just the pure strength. I think it's a matter of uh, fully unlocking it. Because I think sometimes like his uh, his punches land a little bit errant sometimes. And there were some instances, especially earlier on in his career, where he struggled a little bit with, uh, you know, with pad level and, you know, having that, you know, a bit higher center of gravity, even though he's not like the tallest offensive lineman out there. I mean, I think he got better in terms of pad level over time. He's a very good athlete, you know, plays hard. I really like what he brings to the uh, table and pass pro and, you know, I agree with you. I think he showed up really well at the senior bowl. He's someone I'm taking on day two, probably. I, I don't think he's a round one prospect, but I think that you're looking at probably like a mid second round type of guy. I think that's probably where I'll end up having him when it's all said and done. But regardless, I think he can play inside or outside uh, just regardless, uh, you know, a solid plug and play player just because of what he brings athletically. And, you know, if you, you develop uh, some of the technical refinements in his game and, you know, improve the processing just a little bit, uh, I think he can be a long-term starter. So 
I want to shift gears to a totally different guy. Uh, and I don't think there's any offensive lineman really like this guy in this class. It's Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. There might uh, only be a few in the NFL like him. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I mean for our for our purpose of putting together a Bears draft board, I don't know how highly Dewan Jones is gonna rank because he's not a good fit in this scheme. I, I'm just gonna say that right out of the gate. He's not super athletic. I mean, he, he's a good athlete for his size. But it's a matter of do you want to, to have an offensive lineman who's a good athlete for his size or just a good athlete, period? And I don't think that Dewan Jones fits the latter. But, you know, all that aside, uh, it's not to hate on the guy. I think, you know, he's obviously massive. The length is unbelievable. The sheer size is fantastic. You know, once he locks down his strikes and once he gets his hands inside you, it's game over. Because he's so much longer than everyone else he goes up against. He's so much bigger and stronger than everyone he goes up against. I think it's kind of going to be scheme dependent where he ends up. Uh, I only think some teams are going to be interested in him just because he's not super versatile in that regard. But if you want just a giant dude who can just displace people, I think DeWan Jones is going to be your guy. So I think he's a day two guy might sneak into late round one, depending on the scheme fit. If someone values him high enough, I have him as like a day two round two prospects in terms of just grades, but uh, I could see someone falling in love with him just because of the tools for sure. So I'm curious what you think about him. I think he's one of the more interesting prospects in the class because you're talking about a guy who can just flat out dominate, right? Flat out, just take people out of the game. But He's also 380 pounds yeah. or so, and not many frames are built to hold up at 380 pounds. And I think that's going to factor in his draft position. Like I have him graded out as a high second round pick right now, but I'm not sure if he's going to, if he's going to go that early, just because I think teams are going to look at him and say, he's going to have stress fractures in his feet by his fourth year, you know, unless he can drop weight, which is a, another question that, you know, I, can he drop weight? If he can, he becomes a lot more interesting to me as, you know, I mean, what what's the breaking point? If you're sitting here saying this guy might only have a four-year NFL career, what's, what's the point in a draft where there's value there where you're saying, like, I'm willing to take a really good right tackle for three years for a fourth-round pick? Or is it a third round pick? Is a second round pick too rich for that? You know, and I think that's the that that's the big question I get to with him because you're right, he's probably not the best scheme fit, but I feel really good about him pass protecting for Justin Fields, even if he's not the best run blocker in that scheme. I keep going back and forth on him. Like if he's there in the third round, I'm sitting here right now saying like the Bears should take him. It's great value in the third round, no. but then I'm also kind of like I don't know because it's only. I have serious concerns about his playing weight and whether that's sustainable. Um, but I, I love him as a player. I think he is one of the most fun guys to watch in the offensive tackle class. Moving on here to a uh, very different player. I, th- I think Dewan <laughs> Jones is just one of a kind. So we could say that with, with just about whoever was next. But Anton Harrison, left tackle mm-hmm. out of Oklahoma. When I watch Anton Harrison, I just see, I see a lot of upside. Um, but I also see a lot that still needs to be refined. Like he's, he's smooth. He usually gets out of reps clean, but there are just a few times every game where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like there's just, there, it's a, it's almost like a a little 
piece of the puzzle just feels like it's missing there. The athleticism's there. The footwork is there. The hand placement is hit or miss. And I'm just kind of, I see that this guy can be a really good tackle with the right coaching and the right development, but I'm not sure that uh, it's an automatic either. So right now I'm sitting at him with a, like a mid second round grade, but what, what do you got Jacob? That's about where I have him right now, honestly. And I share a lot of, you know, the same concerns, but also see a lot of the same strengths with him. I think, you know, very good athlete, another coordinated pass protector who I think can, you know, shift direction very well for his size. Uh, you know, good run blocker on the move. I think that's really going to help him out. I don't think he's the strongest guy in this class. And I think some of it uh, comes down to, you know, pad level can be a bit hit or miss. You know, hand placement, I think, has shown some flashes, but I think he's still a work in progress in terms of making that a consistent strength in his game. And, you know, again, uh, we keep using the phrase, you know, light in the pants or adding a little more sand to the pants, whatever. You know, that's just basically like we want his anchor to get stronger. And, you know, I think that's what we're looking at with Anton Harrison. But, you know, a very good athlete, you know, coordinated guy. I have him round two. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong or if you disagree, but I feel like if you can't get Broderick Jones in round one, that Anton Harrison in round two is a pretty good consolation prize. I mean, it, it depends on where those guys go, obviously, but I think that, you know, for if you're looking for offensive linemen, if you're looking for similar upside and stuff like that, I think that certainly could be you could be a lot worse. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that like that's kind of how like Broderick Jones is probably looking for a more like athletic offensive tackle who can get out and move some. Um, I mean, I, I think Anton Harrison can do a little of that. I think Matt Bergeron could do a little of that, too. I think either of those guys would be a solid consolation prize. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, I'm a fan of Harrison. I think he's a, a solid round two guy. Someone a little bit farther down my board who I think also brings a considerable amount of upside. I'm looking at, uh, Wanya Morris out of Oklahoma. And he's someone that, you know, I've tweeted this before I've written this uh, and I've said this in a podcast, you know, when I was you know on with you and Robert, this guy kind of screams Chicago bear to me in terms of what this current regime is looking for. I mean, he's got length for days. He's very athletic. An interesting thing about him, you know, his weight's been fluctuating a little bit over the course of his collegiate career. 
you know, played pretty heavy at Tennessee, but lost some weight at Oklahoma. I think there's still quite a bit to work on with him. I think, you know, center of gravity is a little bit high, uh, but he changes direction very well. And I think that once he gets the, uh, the technical refinement down in his game, works on his strike placement, maybe just a little bit more and, you know, add a little bit more strength to his anchor and work on the, uh, the spatial awareness. I think physically Wanya Morris is one of the most interesting prospects at offensive tackle in this class. So you combine that with the fact that he blocks like with a motor, like he plays hard. And that's something that I think not just the bears, but a lot of NFL teams will be interested in a guy who's long athletic and plays hard you can work with that. It's if the guy has the effort and he has physical tools to work with, then you're convinced that you can teach him to be much more than what he is right now. So Wanya Morris, the guy I kind of have like a fringe day two, early day three on him. I think probably early round four is where I'm going to end up on him. So yeah, I'm curious what you have to say about him. Cause I think that uh, if you're looking for upside and you want to wait a little bit, then Morris could be really a good prospect to take a look at down the line. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the guys that I've one of the, the I guess sleepers you could say I've been a little higher on since I started the process. Um, and a big part of that is just I put on his tape and there's too many plays where I'm going, whoa, you know, like yeah. where he's having those wow dominant moments. Now he's also having a lot of those really flawed moments, and it's about maybe you can take away some of the dominant and take away more of the flawed and kind of end in the middle ground more, but yeah. like he's a guy that just really stood out to me because of his his smooth movement abilities, his finishing mentality, and just, it's all there for him to, for him to take, you know, that's how I feel watching him. There's, there's moments where there's major misses, but there's all just too many moments where he's too good for you to say, this guy is a fifth round or a sixth round pick. You know, he's, he looks like a third, fourth round guy to me. I haven't graded a little higher than that now. I have way too many guys graded in the second round right now in the third round. <laughs> it's like I got like 50 Holy offensive God. linemen in the first 75 <laughs> picks. So not offensive linemen, but 50 trench guys. <laughs> I need to cut wow. back my grading a little. But um, he's just a guy who stood out to me. I think he got mishandled at Tennessee his first two years. You know, he was playing left tackle as a freshman and sophomore there, playing way too heavy, was clearly slowed down by it. Got to Oklahoma, dealt with a – actually, I, I believe uh, Aaron Lemming mentioned to me when I was on their podcast that he had a suspension his junior year at Oklahoma, which I wasn't aware of. So I'll have to look into that a little more and see what that was about. But he seemed like he got better every every game that I watched throughout the year. Like throughout – like I've watched three games of his and it went like start of the season, mid-season, end of the season. It seemed like he got better in each of yeah. those that I watched which makes me think he's he's a guy who's learning the position and learning quickly after you know struggling early and maybe having some some personal issues or some coaching issues along the line plus he is named after boys two men singer Wanya <laughs> Morris which is just an awesome fact to have that's uh, pretty cool. <laughs> yeah i think so uh, another prospector who we're looking at who who comes with that that raw upside similar to Morris is Jalen Duncan out of Maryland and Duncan is another guy who just the second I put on his tape I was just enamored by the athleticism and the fluidity it was like this guy is long quick in his in his uh in in his step out out into pass pro and just his recovery is very capable 
You know, he's he can cover ground like nothing. Like, like it's just normal. But then there's there's just too many lapses in that play. There's too many moments where it's like, what were you doing? Like what what was happening here? And you just come away with a lot of questions. He's a prospect who I think has has all the physical traits that you look for, but his pad level gets high sometimes. His hand placement is all over the place. His feet and hands don't seem to work in unison. And I just end up with a lot of question marks. He's a first round physical talent, in my opinion, but there's just a lot of work to be done with him. What do you see? No, I'm with you every step of the way. I think that from a physical perspective, he's just about everything you want in an offensive lineman. Uh, maybe a little thin. I think he can get stronger. But even then, some, some of the play strength flashes he has in his upper body are certainly impressive. Super fluid, super coordinated uh, mover. Just very good lateral quickness. Changes direction super well. Uh, blocking on the move. Blocking, accelerating to the second level. Just very impressive there. Uh, I agree. I think just from a technical perspective, he's not quite there. I don't think he really understands how to get full use of his physical tools at this point. Uh, I think his strike placement, you know, can land all over the place. Sometimes pad level can improve. Uh, and you know, just the wideness of his base, you know, I'd like to see some improvement there, but from a physical perspective, he's every coach's dream. So he's someone I think, I agree. He's got round one upside, but maybe day three tape. So I think you, you, I'm, I'm going to narrow it down to uh, probably early round three, late round two with him, uh, you know, split the difference kind of there. I think that's a fair enough spot for him just to yeah. take a shot on, you know, just that sheer athletic upside. And, you know, if he doesn't pan out, then you're not using a first round pick on him, at least in my opinion, I'm not using a first round pick on an offensive lineman with that, low of a floor yeah but uh I, I certainly think there are a lot of tools to like with duncan on day two so uh yeah. another guy i want to bring up actually is uh tyler steen from alabama he's another senior bowl guy you know had some experience kicking inside at the senior bowl as well as playing tackle uh i'll admit i was a little bit at least by my own standards i was a little late to the party on him uh, i watched a little bit of his stuff from 2021 uh but it was really 2022 when he really got a substantial role uh at, at least in terms of watching him on tape and you know it's like yeah. oh okay well this so guy. he was uh he was at Vanderbilt for three years before going to Bama last year so he kind of went under the radar for a while because he was paying that close attention to Vandy you know <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean I look at Vanderbilt and I think you know that's the epitome of quality offensive line play quality sec football right there but <laughs> yeah no uh but when again tyler steen's another guy where i think from a technical perspective still a work in progress the pad level center of gravity i think he's a bit a little too stiff in the knees for my liking i don't think he gets a lot of bend at least from what i've seen of him uh but i do think he changes direction fairly well I think he's got good play strength too. Whether you want to kick him inside a guard, uh, I think he could fit there because he, at least in my opinion, he has the play strength to do it. He has the wherewithal to move guys around at the point of attack. Not the most coordinated guy out there. I think he has solid enough burst in a short, you know, in a short area. He's a solid athlete, but I think that once you, you know, get him out in his kick slide, there can there are some issues uh, with with just coordination i think that's a little bit of an issue with him so i'd like to see him 
work on that, maybe get into some yoga, some programs to improve that flexibility. Uh, but there definitely, there's a physical palpable upside with him. So he's someone that I'm going to have early day three on, uh, not someone I'm taking super early just because I don't think that his, uh, I don't think he's going to contribute super well right away at the NFL level, but he's someone I'm looking at, uh, you know, maybe two, three years down the line to develop into a solid starter. So uh, I'm curious, what do you have to say about him? Yeah. So Steen initially, when I was looking at him, I was thinking a guy, you probably, you probably kick inside to guard, but I started to have some questions as I was watching some of the tape of, you know, do you really want this guy pulling out into space? And I wasn't sure that he'd, he'd, that he was best suited for that either. And I kind of came away with the the thought of like, he's probably a right tackle where, you know, he's going to get a fair amount of help if he's at right tackle from chipping tight ends or whatever it might be. But the the thing that really stood out to me in his 22 tape was against Auburn going up against Derek Hall early in the game. He was really struggling with, with, with the outside edge and setting that edge in the, uh, in the pass pass protection. And as the game went on, he, he, he was figuring it out and he was, he was getting to the point where he was just running it up behind the pocket consistently well and not giving too much inside shoulder to allow an inside move either. And that was some, that, that ability to adjust mid game is kind of what made me start thinking like, you know, I could see him being at right tackle and maybe he'll take a few lumps here or there, but ultimately I saw a guy who, has an anchor that is just powerful. I mean, he he has a wide, wide bottom half and some serious strength to be able to just sit down and say, this is where we are. This is all we're going to do. And we're going to call it a day there, at least against college competition. And I think he has room to, to add more power to that, which is really intriguing to me. Now, like you said, as far as his, his movement abilities, he is a little stiff and he's kind of, He's a bit more limited there, but I thought he had enough mobility that if he wanted to put him in, in his own blocking scheme, he could he could get by just fine with it. And again, like kind of like what you said, he's a flyer you take on day three, I think. I don't think he's a guy who you're sitting here pounding the table for on day two, but he's a guy who I think I can see some upside with that could you know have some scheme versatility. And then last up here, one of my one of my favorite guys, even though he's not a not a great scheme fit for the Bears, is Ryan Hayes out of Michigan. My final note on my in my notes here is just this is a guy you want on your football team. Like watching him, it was just like this guy just gets down and dirty and will fight with anybody in the trenches. And he's big, he's strong, just powerful, got some serious pop in his hands, and just He's, he's he's what I think of when I see when I think offensive linemen. You know, it's like the way that he plays is what comes to mind for me. Now he struggles with speed on the outside. I thought for a little bit like maybe he could move inside to guard, but again, kind of like I was saying with Steen, it's his his movement abilities isn't that good. He's not really a guy you want pulling out into space. He's going to miss a lot of targets. You start asking him to do that. I think uh, just tight hips not really a, a fluid athlete but just a, a powerful rock on the offensive line is all I can describe him as what do you think Jacob I think that's pretty well put honestly I mean he, you watch him his size just stands out like he's a taller guy got you know long arms 
definitely has a lot of, you know, quality experience at the collegiate level. I want to say he's a, uh, I want to say he's going to be a three-year starter technically uh, by the time his, you know, now that he's graduating, because he started off in 2020 uh, before he got hurt and then had all of 2021 and 22 as a starter. So, you know, he's battle-tested against some of the best schools, especially playing in the Big Ten. You know, that's a trench-heavy conference. So I think you're looking at size there. I think there's some flashes in how he moves. I agree. I've had the same thoughts. Does he kick inside to guard? I wasn't 100% sure. I still have him as a tackle right now, but I wouldn't hate if a team says, okay, we don't think you have great lateral quickness. We don't think you can cover, you know, such a large amount of space. Uh, so we're going to kick you inside and just let you just dominate people. I think that's a totally fair way to look at things. He's someone I have like early day three as well. There are a handful of offensive tackles in this class that I take in like that round four range where – they could develop into something. And I think Ryan Hayes has that, uh, you know, he's experienced, he's powerful, he's big. Uh, whether you have him as a tackler or guard, I think he's a solid prospect at the next level. So I agree, maybe not the best fit for the Bears, but a fun prospect nonetheless. Yeah, and, and that wraps up our top 10 offensive tackles. Uh, and there are a handful of guys we still didn't even get to uh, that we'll get into, you know, as the weeks and months progress. But I'm a fan of this class. I don't know about you, but I'm personally uh, intrigued by a handful of dudes in this uh, in this group. I think it's uh, pretty clear that I am a big fan of this O-line and D-line class. When I say that, I have 50 guys with top 75 <laughs> grades in the trenches, and I need to, like, pick through and be a bit more picky on them. But, like, I mean, I, I, love, I love this tackle class. I think it's very deep, and it's going to have guys who – have have starter upside into day three. And I think that wraps it up for us. <laughs> <laughs>